Well, good morning, brothers and sisters, again. Um, so glad to be back with you. And it's been a little while since I was up here in preaching, and I want to thank Brother Kevin for allowing me that, that break, that pause, that rest. Um, I needed that, and he was so gracious to preach week after week during that time. Um, and we want to remember Kevin and Rhonda today, they are away celebrating their 40th wedding anniversary with family. And it's a, it's a precious time for them. And uh, we, we need to remember them and we need to, uh, to pray that this time, this weekend away, will be just a blessed time for them. Uh, do we, I would ask, uh, just as a way of kicking off and thinking about things, as I was preparing to preach for the first time in a month or so, I've, I just realized how disquieted I felt. Do any of you feel disquieted, uneasy? about the state of our country and the world that we live in? It's, if you don't, I don't, I don't know what to think. <laughs> um, you must be holier than me, I guess that's what I must think. Um, or you're not paying attention, one or the other. We, see, we do see injustice, don't we? We see, we see injustice then put forward as a solution to injustice. We see leaders who don't lead. We see liars who do lead and lead astray. We see violence against innocent people. We see public praise of violence. We see hungry wolves. They are among us. And they crave chaos. They they want to find opportunities for prey. We see disease. It's spreading. It's killing. And then it retreats. And then it comes back again. We can't control it. We're too small. We see confusion. We see a lack of knowledge. We see conspiracies. And we see false conspiracy theories. We see lies. We see foolishness. We see depravity called good. And we see goodness called evil. And there's uncertainty about everything. Our health, our economy, our politics, our stability. And I am feeling the words of the psalmist David. He said, how long, O Lord? How long? Maybe you feel these things too. But then I remember some other words of the same psalmist. David wrote in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For You are with me. Your rod and Your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Have we ever needed a shepherd like we do now? Let's pray. Father, I come to You this morning. We need You, Lord. We need a shepherd. We need Your peace. We need Your strength. We need Your protection. Father, we come to You this morning and we set ourselves down under Your Word. And I pray that You'll use Your words to teach us, to comfort us. 
Father, to correct us if that's necessary. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're in John 10, and we're in John 10 in Sunday school. If you were able to join us for Sunday school, you're a, you're a step ahead. Um, and thank you for, for all of the people that led Sunday school for the different classes and the different ages. Uh, it's, a, it's a precious thing. We have, uh, we have a lot of good teachers here. We're going to be looking at John 10, verses 1 through 18 first. Kind of a long passage. I'll go ahead and read it. I won't ask you to stand this morning, but uh, you can open your Bibles to John 10, 1 through 18. If you were in Sunday school, it'll already sound familiar. Hear the word of the Lord. This is Jesus talking. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I also have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. This is the word of the Lord. We probably say this more often than we ought to, but when we encounter a passage like this in sermon prep, it's it's uh, it's a difficult thing to figure out how much to take on and how much to leave for another day because there's so much here. Um, but we covered we covered some of this in Sunday school, so I'm going to actually start a little bit back from it, and I want to I want to step back and have an outline that basically says we are sheep who need a shepherd. That's the first point that I want to make. We are sheep who need a shepherd, and I want to talk about the shepherds that God promised that He Himself would be our shepherd. And then I want to talk about Jesus come as the Good Shepherd to fulfill that promise that God made. We're sheep who need a shepherd. God promised to be that shepherd Himself. And Jesus is the fulfillment of the promise. So we're sheep who need a shepherd. We talked about this in Sunday school. We don't often like to think of ourselves as sheep, do we? Depends on what we mean, like Brian said. Depends on what you mean by that, whether I'm offended or not. If you mean I'm just a gullible sucker for anything, I'm not sure I like that. If you mean that I'm humbly submissive to Jesus, well, okay, I could be that kind of sheep. 
But all through Scripture, we see sheep and we see shepherds. Sheep were fundamental to, to Middle Eastern life that you could not get away from sheep. So everybody were familiar with them. These illustrations that were used made sense to people because they were just right in their face. Sheep are not very smart, are they? Uh, that I think every sermon about sheep and shepherds includes that point. Sheep are not smart animals. They, uh, they tend to need protection. They tend to find themselves in trouble. They need to be corrected. They need to be guided. They need to be led. And they need to be rescued from their own foolishness. So we see examples of this from Scripture in the Old Testament. And we talked a little bit about it in Sunday school. But Moses was, was almost a perfect example of a shepherd. And God planned to use Moses to found the nation of Israel. By God's plan, Moses didn't start off as a shepherd, did he? Of course, he started off as a condemned baby, but God rescued him out of that and put him where? In Pharaoh's house. So Moses grew up in a royal household, and he learned all of the knowledge that the Egyptians had to offer. And he learned what it was like to be a king. He learned what it was like to have power and wealth. And what did that lead him to? When he saw injustice... He went into a rage, and he committed a murder. So at the age of 40, having now been a murderer, God sent him for his next round of training. Forty years as a shepherd. A real, literal shepherd with sheep in the wilderness, watching over the sheep for 40 years. I don't know about you, but after 39 years of watching sheep, I think... I'd probably give up, but that's probably the rest of my life, right? But when he was 80, God said, okay, that phase of training is done. Here's a burning bush. Let's get started. Moses then, Moses then was called by God because he was to lead Israel, and Israel didn't need a Pharaoh. They needed a shepherd. So Moses led them, like a huge flock really, from Goshen to the Red Sea through the Red Sea to the wilderness on the other side. And when their disobedience caused God to hold them back, He led them for 40 more years in the desert until that generation died. Along the way, Moses even offered him... That's really hot, Brian. If you, if you could dial down the monitor... or the Thank you. I'm hearing my... I'm not used... Oh, I'm sorry, Sam. If you doze off, I'll know. It just wasn't loud enough. Because it couldn't be the preaching. I know, I know. I'll try to get louder. So Moses is leading the people like a shepherd through the land of Goshen, from Goshen, through the Red Sea, through the Red Sea to the wilderness. And when their disobedience causes God to even hold them back, He led them for 40 more years in the desert until that generation died off. And along the way, as Rodney pointed out, Moses offered himself to God as a substitute to take their punishment for them. He actually offered himself. As a true shepherd, he valued his flock. What did Jesus say? The shepherd, he loves the sheep. He is willing to lay down his life for them. Moses was that kind of shepherd because he valued him more than he valued himself. And when God told Moses that his time had come to die, what is the immediate thing he did? He prayed, and this is in Numbers 27. He said, let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, Appoint a man over the congregation who shall go out before them and come in before them, who shall lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be a sheep that have no shepherd. Moses knew what they needed. They needed a shepherd. 
That's what he prayed for. We move on and we look, we look further on in Scripture. We find David, the obvious shepherd, right? God planned to use David to found the eternal throne of the world. That was God's plan for David. David was the youngest of eight brothers, right? Imagine how much he got picked on. Imagine how he got all the duties that no one else wanted to do. And, and we see that, right? He's always the one, go find David. Well, he's with the sheep. Can someone get David? He's with the sheep. That, that we see over and over again there in, in 1 Samuel. He was always with the sheep. But finally, he was called. And when he was called, his dad sent him to go take bread to his brothers who were, who were fighting the battle. We know what that fight looked like. A bunch of people not fighting. And when David got there, what did he do? He said, how can this be? How can this man be threatening the people of God? Because David, even as this teenage boy, is already thinking like a shepherd. Somebody's got to step up. Somebody's got to take this guy down. And when they asked him about it, how do you think you could possibly go against this man? He said, I've already taken out a lion. I've already taken out a bear. And that was for my sheep. Because God protects me. How much more will God protect me if I'm defending His people in His honor? That's the heart of a shepherd right there. After David's kingdom had been divided, and the flock of Israel was about to be scattered as judgment hundreds of years after David was gone, Isaiah said these words. He said, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The point here I'm trying to make is, we are sheep, and we need a shepherd. And Isaiah is telling us, we're like sheep that go astray. We're not like obedient sheep that do the right thing. We're like, we're like sheep that go astray. We need a shepherd. Do you see yourself as, as a sheep? Or do you think of yourself as something else? Maybe you're strong. You're independent-minded. You're not like a sheep. Oh, no. No, no. Well, that's nice. But let's be real. God sees us as sheep. <laughs> as as independent-minded as you might think you are, to God, you're a sheep. Foolish, prone to wander, get in trouble, need rescuing. That's us. But that doesn't mean He doesn't love you. Not at all. He came for that purpose. Right? So we see then, and I'm still going to be in the Old Testament for a time here, God promised that He Himself would be our shepherd. And this is fascinating. Because after Isaiah had predicted judgment and exile, judgment and exile came to the northern kingdom. It happened. And now Ezekiel came along, the prophet Ezekiel, and he's given a warning to Judah. This is going to happen because you shepherds, and he's talking shepherds in this case, the leaders of Israel have been unfaithful. You've been, you've been wrong to the people. In Ezekiel 34, he, he says this, The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, Thus says the Lord God, Ah, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled over them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. 
and they became food for all the wild beasts. What is Ezekiel saying here from the, from the mouth of God? These bad and unfaithful shepherds, they have hurt God's flock of Israel. And what's he going to do about it? Skip down to verse 11 of chapter 34. He says, For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep. And I will rescue them from all places where they've been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And listen, I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the ravines and all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture. And on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land. And on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. And I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost. And I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak and the fat and the strong. I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. So what do we take from these verses? Like Rodney was saying this morning, Oftentimes in Scripture, we see, we see two different things going on. And it, it, it's tempting to look at all of the blessings that God's going to bring. But He also says He's going to bring justice. And justice sometimes requires judgment. And He says, the fat and the strong I'll destroy. Those, those are hard things. But I'm going to focus on the good things because that's, that's what Jesus is talking about primarily here. This isn't Jesus yet, right? This is Ezekiel. So when Jesus comes and speaks these things about being the good shepherd, what do you think the Pharisees are realizing what he's talking about? They know. They know their scripture. At first they didn't get it, but he digs in hard. When he says, I am the good shepherd, he's making a contrast. So God's going to judge and condemn unfaithful shepherds, but he promised to come himself to be the shepherd of his sheep and listen to how he plans to treat his flock. You heard it, but I want to reemphasize it. This is how... He treats his flock. I will seek them out. I will rescue them. I will gather them. I will feed them with good pasture. I will make them lie down in good grazing land. I will bring back the lost. I will bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak. I will feed them in justice. So what do we learn from this? What kind of shepherd is God? kind. He, he's kind. He's gentle. He's patient because he brings back the lost. He doesn't say, oh, stupid sheep. If they hadn't gotten themselves lost, they wouldn't be in trouble. right? Sorry if I said a word that's not supposed to be said. Um, foolish sheep. But he's kind. He's generous. He's just. He's a, he's a rescuer. He's a restorer. He's a judge. He's a punisher to the unfaithful shepherds. Right? It's a comfort to the sheep, but it's a warning to those who lord it over the sheep. Right? So be careful. Now we've seen that we we need a shepherd, and we've seen that that God says in, in the Old Testament multiple times, I am going to be the shepherd. I, myself. He says it so clearly. I, myself, will come. I will be the shepherd. And so now we come to Jesus. 
Here in John 10, and what does Jesus say? I am the good shepherd. He's saying, I promised to come back in Ezekiel, and here I am. I've come. And what does he mean by good? He says he's the good shepherd. Well, do you remember in Mark 10, I think we've touched on this recently, a man came and asked Jesus, Oh, good teacher. Do you remember this? The, the man came, good teacher. How, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus didn't, say, didn't answer his question immediately. He said, why do you call me good? Why do you call me good? Because only God is good, right? And then he proceeds to address the question, but he moves on. Now Jesus here is calling himself the good shepherd. He could have just said, oh, I'm the shepherd of Israel sent by God. He said, I'm the good shepherd. And he's already said only God is good. He's going to get more explicit later in the chapter. We're not going to cover that today. But as an exercise for the student, go read it. Go read the rest of John 10 when he breaks their minds. It's really fun. So what will Jesus, the good shepherd, do? He's going to call his sheep by name. We see this in John 10. Because he knows them. He's going to lead them in. He's going to lead them out. What does this mean, leading them in and leading them out? Some people have sometimes thought that, well, the pen and the door, that must be like heaven. Like you get into heaven through Jesus, but then Jesus says, you also go out through the door, right? So we're not leaving heaven. That doesn't quite work. We need to think a little bit more about this. The coming in and the going through the, through the safety of the pen and then out into the abundance of life outside The inside and the outside the pen is not what matters. It's the fact that you're going through Jesus. Both directions, you're going through Jesus. He's the door. He's the shepherd. Right? If you're in his flock, you're in his protection. But there are those who are not in his flock. But he's going to rescue his sheep from the thief. And he says what? He's not going to walk away like the the hired hand. That when danger comes, Jesus is not going to say, ooh, that looks dangerous. I think I'm going to leave now. Jesus is going to face the danger all the way. All the way. Moses offered to sacrifice himself, but God didn't take him up on it. David put himself at risk, but God protected him. Jesus did go all the way. He said, I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. And he said, I have the authority to lay down my life. And I have the authority to pick it back up again. Who has the authority to pick their life back up after laying it down? Only God. Jesus is saying, I'm God. And the Pharisees know it. What else is he saying? He's going to unite the sheep from this pen with the sheep from another pen. Now the metaphor gets kind of it gets kind of mixed up here. It's, it, it's hard to follow maybe a little bit. But most people, and I agree with this interpretation, is that this pen is Israel, and the other pen is the rest of the world. It's the Gentiles that Jesus is already planning to gather. And he says, they will listen to my voice. They will. He's going to have one flock and one shepherd. And the whole book of Ephesians just celebrates this fact that we have reconciliation in Christ between the Jews and the Gentiles and all peoples of the earth in Christ We have unity. We won't have unity any other way. I think we can look at the world and see that. Um, But in Jesus, we have unity. 
He'll lay down his life for his sheep. He'll pick it up again. So we see that Jesus is the good shepherd. He fulfills all the prophecy. And what were the prophecies from Ezekiel? Just remember the, the nature of that shepherd. He loves his flock with his very life. And he loves the individual sheep in his flock. It isn't only, only in the aggregate. He loves the individual sheep. Elsewhere, it says he calls us by name. Right? So, in application, in principle here, we see that Jesus is the good shepherd. His sheep know him by his sheep know his voice. Are you Jesus' sheep? Do you know his voice? He says that his sheep do know his voice. But you know what? There will be a first time that he calls you. Are you listening? If you already know his voice, are you obeying? That's what sheep should do. Obey the voice of their shepherd to follow in safety because he leads them only in truth. He knows you're a sheep. He knows you're prone to wander. And he loves you with patience. But but ours is to obey to follow Him where He takes us. So in conclusion, and I'd ask if you, uh, if the musicians want to go ahead and come back up. All through Scripture, we're seeing God's people as sheep needing a shepherd, and we're no different. And in Ezekiel, God promised what kind of shepherd He would be. He said, I will come Myself. I will rescue. I will seek the lost. I will bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak and I will feed and I will put you in the best places, make you lie down in a restful place, in a pasture. It's it's the kind of shepherd that he is. In closing, I want to to briefly read the 23rd Psalm again, uh, just as words of of peace as as we pause here. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for You are with me. Your rod and Your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness... And mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen.